Hello, boys and ghouls. We request the honor of your presence at our 44th episode, as we take a spooky look at the institution of weddings. Please join us as we bring you the macabre side of matrimony by lifting the veil on ghost brides, corpse bride, and the blood-spattered bride. Then we'll take you on a honeymoon of horrors as we visit the man who married an axe murderer and the woman who married a monster from outer space. So, take the leap, get carried over the threshold, and be sure to register your horror as we present The Bride of Boys and Ghouls. You want to see something really scary? They come from the bowels of hell, a transformed race of walking dead. Darling, exploding heads. Psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases. Now, do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? I know that one of you is a werewolf. Ain't nothing but dead folks. I want to kill you. The undead. You ever talk to a corpse? Satan is our pal. It's boring. Contains lead. Don't eat off of this. And I'm like, well, you're going for my car keys now. You know, I fully support that. You've seen my apartment not at Halloween the way it is now. We've got skulls in places. There's a lot of spooky stuff. Poison bottles and the whatnot. Pr probably you are on similar lines with this, which is no pumpkins. No. That's seasonal. It's very special. That's just, this is just like macabre. Agreed. Uh, whereas you get it. All right. Uh, so you said you have some gab. Some really weird stuff happened this week at my apartment. Not in my apartment. I don't want to mislead you. Okay. This, by the way, is qualifying as your spooky gab. <clears throat> it is. So something spooky is going to happen. Wait for it. Well, a little less spooky and a little more, like, really screwed up. So I'll back up a bit and say that a couple of months ago, Alex's sister came to visit us for a couple of days. And very long story short, she had an altercation with a neighbor that lives in a house right across the street from us where he was accusing her of like hitting someone's car and she didn't. And he like called his buddy who came up in a tow truck and like tried to intimidate her into giving them her ID and insurance information. Like they were trying to, and she called the police who showed up and were like, Eh, we're not writing a report. Nothing has happened here. Disperse, please. So she had this inter this interaction slash altercation with this crazy neighbor of ours who, in subsequent weeks, we've noticed kind of like is on his porch a lot, staring at everyone, pacing back and forth. And we refer to it. We talk about it. When we're pulling out of our driveway, Alec and I are always like, oh, there's creepy porch stalker whatever, because he's just very nosy. He's mm. looking at everybody. When Good Morning America came to our apartment, when the camera guy, and I was helping him unload his van, the guy was, like, very snoopy, like, standing on his porch, like, looking at us like we were doing something wrong. So, cut to three nights ago. 
I'm driving home from work and I can't get to my block. On three sides, my block is completely roped off with crime tape and there are police cruisers and cops standing. So it takes me a while. I finally park my car on the street. My initial thought was maybe they're filming something because they're always filming on my street, but it didn't look like it. Isn't that LA for you? That like when something happens, you think it's a movie before you think it's real life? 100%. Yeah. So I walk up to the police officer and I'm like, hey, I live just halfway down the block. And he goes, yeah, you, you can't go home right now. And I'm like, okay. So Alex on his way home realizes there's a back entrance to our apartment complex. And it hasn't been cordoned off. Miraculously not been roped off. So we get in through the back and we walk into our apartment and across the way into the empty apartment to get a better vantage point because this, so we're noticing like there are cops, police cruisers, this giant truck pulls up and I say, is, is that a SWAT team vehicle? It was a second one pulls up. So the one SWAT vehicle pulls up in front of that house. They've got bright lights on the house. Another SWAT vehicle pulls up in the yard, right in front of the porch. This all goes on for probably the span of like 30 minutes. We're watching. We're waiting to see what's going to happen. We see cops get out with the battering ram. We see them with their guns trained on the house. And we're watching all of this like, whoa, fascinating. So they get on the bullhorn. Come out with your hands up. Put your weapons down. We have military. I don't know. They're like warning the guy what's going to happen if he doesn't come out. And we are like, holy cow. This is amazing this is creepy porch stalker guy who's like who knows what's going on in there and as we're watching a giant explosion happens that we first of all think is like a shotgun blast or something we see a giant orange flame and we hear like lots of gunfire and alec and i hit the floor army style and like crawl a quiet neighborhood Relatively, sometimes there's a helicopter looking for someone with a spotlight, but generally not it's... a lot of gunfire. No, and this was very, very loud. And there was a second and a third loud, loud blast that we thought were like bigger guns, like shotguns. And we ran out of the empty apartment into our apartment, all the way into our bedroom. We're like falling down. It's like it, even in our bedroom, you can feel the windows and the ground shaking. I thought I was going to die. It was awful. So things start calming down after all of that hustle and bustle. We get brave enough to peek because there's no more noise. There's plainclothes detectives. Alex like, oh, look, it's the Mulders and Scullies are here, you know? And finally... Did this make the news? No! (laughs) That's what's so crazy! And in fact, we were tweeting with, like, someone else in our neighborhood who, like, we saw was tweeting about it. We're all, like, completely confused as to why this didn't make the news because it was so loud and frightening. Anyway... We realized that the loud blasts were the cops. They had chargers on the door and were blowing the door off. All right. Okay. But there was still gunfire, completely traumatizing. So Alec is talking to our neighbors, and one of the neighbors says, apparently he was holding some girls hostage in there. He had kidnapped some girls. Wow. And I don't know for how long. I don't know if this is a situation where they were in there for months or it was like, you know, a six hour standoff or no idea. But what they, I don't know, overheard or saw or whatever, he had some girls tied up in his house. That's Spooky Gab. Spooky Gab. Crazy neighbor. Usually our November episode is a wrap up of what we did for Halloween. In my case, uh, checked out a front yard haunt and then went to a friend's house and we watched your birthday gift to me, 
Idle hands. Amazing. How'd you spend Halloween? I was with, as always, Matthew and Daniel. Mm -hmm. Um, Alec joined this year and our friend Devin, and we did our normal stuff, which we watched Halloween, we watched Legend of Sleepy Hollow, we made tacos, we read Halloween poems to each other, and then we went to a party. So you were dressed as? I was dressed as a bloody bride. To several people's confusion. Lots of people. What I had initially thought was that I would go as like a dead bride, but what I ended up doing was murderous bride. So I had, I found this pre-bloodied wedding dress, which was a total steal. Amazing. And then I eventually, to complete the costume, like put blood spatter on my face to look as though I had murdered someone, namely a groom. That was the, the idea about it. I saw because the I'm getting bride. married the day that this episode drops. <laughs> More about that in a moment. Yeah. Alec was Marty McFly. He was. Easy, because I know he has that outfit. <clears throat> Matthew was... He found a really great thriller jacket, so he was kind of Michael Jackson from Thriller. Okay, yeah. and then Daniel was... Daniel? Oh, Daniel was a werewolf. Really? Yeah. Okay, because I put on his social media... Uh-huh. It actually, might have been Matthew's social media... I was like, okay, so I see Bride, Marty McFly, Guy from American Beauty, Annie Hall. Oh, yeah, Chase and Devin, yeah. Yeah. Thriller and the van from Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> I saw that. Pretty uh, funny guess. And I never Mut- got an answer Mut- out of Mutt Cuts. The Mutt Cuts The Mutt Cuts van. Yeah. And he just sent back an emoji, a displeased emoji. <laughs> I was like, well, this doesn't give me an answer. <laughs> no, he was a werewolf. Okay, good Halloween wrap-up. Yeah. A pretty certain sign that wedding bells are breaking up that old gang of mine. All the boys are singing love songs, they forgot sweet Adeline. Those wedding bells are breaking up that old gang of mine. All right, cat. Yes. Hey. Hi. So, for some weird reason, we got into a tradition that you will have to pick our November topics. And you picked uh, this month's as well. And I offered, because you've been so busy lately, I was like, do you want like something easier? And you're like, no! I know. Weddings! Weddings. And truth be told, I am less prepared than I typically am for recording, but I was determined to talk about brides and weddings because... That's so fun. I think you've been working on it for months now. <laughs> because you've been preparing for your wedding. I have. For quite some time yeah. and it's coming up today if you're listening to this the day it drops a week from right now as we sit here yep which will be friday the 13th of november it's pretty spooky yeah. <laughs> i thought that seeing as how this doesn't come out until your actual wedding day that you could talk about your wedding dress mm. but i know that you won't nope because of the possibility that alec on a very busy day would take time to listen to your podcast. If he thought it contained any information on my dress, he would be he would make the time. He's been very curious. He's desperate for information. I wish I could talk about my dress, but I will talk about it next. For a December uh, sure. episode. Sure, yeah. Sure. Wedding wrap-up. Yeah. We don't have a topic yet. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll both be up on the, uh, on the altar. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, before I forget. What about the Invisible Man? You're like, I'm doing something <laughs> busy over here. Oh, man. I'll just, hold on, I'll just write a note. So, you wanted to do weddings and horror movies. Yeah, weddings and brides. Yeah, well, because there's really not much in the way of grooms. No. I think I know why. I mean, if I had to guess, I think for the same reason there's that... There's no groom ghost stories. Right. I'll say that. Sure. Well, and the I ghosts think, are always broad. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that weddings are bride-centric. And they just are. Yeah. It's not about the groom. I discovered this because I'm... I'm not that girl who's been planning her wedding since she was four. So when it came time to plan all this, I was like, great, we can do this together because it's a lot of work and, like, I don't really know what I want, so we can talk about it together, Alec. But then all of the parents, especially moms, family members, sisters, everybody comes to me as the bride. Everyone wants to know my opinion. Okay. I'm responsible for handling where people are sitting and coordinating things. I'm happy to do it, but my point in saying that is... I think that for a lot of historical reasons, the woman is the center of attention. She's the prize to be won or paid for, traditionally speaking, well, the way marriage started. And she it's just, weddings are about the bride. She comes with a dowry. She does. You're not really paid for so much as the other guy is getting paid to take you off their hands. Right. But there's also, I mean, if you get into engagement ring stuff. In of course, I was mostly going on Western cultures. Right. Well, I'm glad you said that, hmm. Marshall, because I came across some really fun, weird wedding stuff that I would love to share with you. You know your history. Very good. So, generally speaking, women have been considered property for a very, very long time, up until very recently in human history. Sure. So, not to, not to be too silly about it, but I Although think property is also considered an asset. Yes, but so, but the point is... Would, would having a, a daughter be considered an asset? Of course, but the point is if you're the woman, you have no, like, legal rights. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, we, it's only been very recently that women have won the right to, like, make their own decisions outside of what their husband wants and own property and things like that. Run so for office. Exactly. So I think we'll just leave that at that's a bit of real-life horror in its own, and thank God for progress. So... Have you ever heard of ghost marriage? No. Get ready for this, Marshall. All right. So in several cultures around the world, including France, I believe Sudan, and China, and probably more, but I'm going to talk about Chinese ghost marriage right now. Starting to sound familiar. There... Wait a second. This, I think I looked into this when I found some Chinese New Year money. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to the lost and found, but two weeks later, nobody collected it, so it became mine. Sure. And then people were like, oh, there's a curse. So I looked it up, and uh, there's a possibility of ghost marriage. What was the possibility of ghost marriage? What did uh, the money have to do with it? I think if you take the money, then it was like accidentally, like, like you could be, you oh, could be tricked yes, into yes, taking yes. a dowry. Yes, yes, Marshall. Okay, yes, that is, so I think what you're getting at, I'll... Is, it was in um, one of those red envelopes. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to get to that red envelope because I think it's completely nutty and I want to explain what it is. Just give it, give me a second. Okay. So. Does it bring bad luck? Do I have a ghost no, wife you're fine. I don't know about? No. Possibly. But you're fine. It's fine. Okay. You didn't go through with the wedding, did you? I spent the money. Shit. No, I'm just kidding. You're fine. Unless the family came up to you and was like, yes, you will now marry her daughter, then you're fine. By the way, it was 200 bucks. 
Jesus. Right? American money? Yeah, U.S. That's amazing. Um, Good week. Okay. I didn't do enough research to kind of know exactly what time period this was, but I know a lot of these traditions still loosely hold, but let's just say that some time ago in China, upon the death of her fiance, a bride could choose to go through with the wedding. So she's engaged, they're planning to be married, but then the man dies. Mm -hmm. So a bride could choose to go through with the wedding, meaning they would actually have a wedding ceremony. Now, the reason for going through with the wedding is to give her a patrilineage, like... Um, like she would go into the other family? Exactly. Because okay. if she remains unmarried, she is a blight on her family. So it's not acceptable, really, to have a daughter at home who's unmarried. She needs to be married into another person's family. And, you know, the advantages for that family of allowing her to marry into their family, even if the guy's dead, is she becomes like almost like a servant in the household for the mother. And it's all very strange. Mm. Women are property. But the bride could choose to go through with the wedding in which the groom was represented by a white cockerel at the ceremony. Do you know what a cockerel is? Sounds like some sort of a bird. It's a rooster. A cock. Yeah. That boy's about as sharp as a bowling ball. I, I need you to picture for me. The groom is represented by a friggin' rooster in a ceremony. They go through with this. If you leave a row of feed, it can probably walk a straight line. <laughs> it goes on to say that some women were hesitant to go through with the ceremony unless they really needed to because... If they married their dead fiancé, they would have to go through mourning ritual, funeral ritual, mourning customs, including strict dress and conduct standards. So I'm guessing wearing black or whatever the cultural equivalent is and not being able to, like, behave in certain ways. You know, how Scarlett O'Hara is expected to mourn her, you know, After husband. After Ashley dies? Yeah. No, is not Ashley? Ashley. The, um, Charles. Yeah. Charles! Charles! And she had to take a vow of celibacy and immediately take up residence with his family. And I love this side note. A groom had the option of marrying his what, late... What, what happens to the cockerel? No one says. But I love mm. this detail. A groom has the option of marrying his late fiancé with no disadvantages, but there have been no records of such weddings. It only goes the one way. So... I think this is very sad, and this is a tiny little side note. Another death custom in China concerning an unmarried daughter prohibited her from... This is so sad about being an unmarried daughter. Prohibited her from dying in her natal home. So this is just a girl, and because she's not married, if she gets sick, spinsters were either taken to a temple or death house that had been specifically built for unmarried women to go die in, or families would take their daughter to a shed, empty house, or an outlying building to die because she was not permitted to die inside her own house. Sadness. So, okay, this is getting into what you were talking about. Ghost marriages are often set up by the request of the spirit of the deceased. So in this culture, it would be believed that if someone in the family were to get sick or there's some kind of unfortunate things happening, then they believe that it's the dead person cursing the family in a way and bringing misfortune upon them because they're angry because they want to be married. So they would set up a ghost marriage to appease the spirit. So this is a situation so where... Okay. Spinster, probably all of like 19, mm -hmm. gets sick, goes and dies in the shed. Sure. What have you. Some time later, some misfortune befalls them. And then they say, ah, 
It's our dead spinster we daughter. We better satisfy her by marrying her off. Correct. So and you accomplish this by... I love this. If a family wishes to arrange a ghost marriage, they may consult with a matchmaker of sorts. There are people, even to this day, who specialize in ghost marriages. Like They say that they can speak to the dead and figure out how to match your dead relative with someone. Okay? Mm. Hilarious. So here's exactly what happened to you, sort of. All right. Okay. So if people are not going to go to a diviner or a priest or whomever that they think is going to help them do the matchmaking, they're going to basically lay it on fate or the choice of the ghost to pick their betrothed. Their living betrothed. Their living betrothed. And the way they do that is the family lays a red envelope, usually used for gifts of money as bait, in the middle of the road. They then take to hiding, and when the envelope is picked up by a passerby, they come out and announce his status of being the chosen bridegroom. <laughs> so that's why I say you're safe, because if you picked up the envelope someone and took the money, someone should have come out and said, hey, you want to marry our daughter? Uh, you've been chosen, but no one did. And then the last little bit I just love about these ghost marriage rituals, they will actually go through all the process of the wedding day with effigies of the missing spouse made out of bamboo or paper, like whatever. They make a physical, like a bride or a groom, and that they'll sit next to their spouse at the table for the food. <laughs> it says, for instance, a ghost couple at their marriage feast, the bride or groom may be constructed of paper bodies over a bamboo frame with a paper mache head. They have paper servants standing, like a um, bridal party standing with them. Mm. And the room, this is interesting, the room contains many other paper effigies of products they would use in their homes. Oh, here's something I want in my home, a dishwasher. Well, I don't blame you, lady. One thing that I know that we both watched was The Corpse Bride. Yes! Which, you know, it came from a story. An old, like, kind of like Russian story. I believe that. I don't know how well it did, like, in the box office. I don't either. And I know that, like, you'll see women dressing up as The Corpse Bride. But it's always, a great costume. It is, but it's always adults. Uh-huh. Like, I never see any kids dressing up as The Corpse Bride. I think I might have seen one photo of a child. Yeah. Because I don't think it really appeals to children. Well, and it's also kind of like, if you're really doing it right, it's kind of a sexy costume. She's got some boobies and yeah. like the slit in her, her dress is ripped like all the way up one leg. Her skeleton. Uh, and her ribs are showing. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. I saw uh, Bridget from uh, The Girls Next Door. Yes. She was dressed as it. She was. God, I love Bridget. You know, I love The Girls Next Door. I do. Bye-bye, pink room. Hello, Halloween dungeon. So, apparently it was a Jewish story. Oh. Like, Eastern European. A footnote at the bottom of where I read it said that it was taken from the fact that Jewish wedding processions would get attacked and the bride murdered. Oh, my God. As a way of, like, trying to stop the bloodlines. <gasps> so, the idea of a corpse bride wasn't so far-fetched when the story evolved of a guy who's walking around with his buddy and he's going to get married the next day and just for funsies he puts it the wedding ring on a twig does the wedding dance three times and but it's a corpse wow. and then he goes to the rabbi and the rabbi is like mm, let me consult other rabbis to see if this is binding and then they say we've consulted no it's not and the corpse bride is like but what about my life and dreams Aww. when am i going to get mine and 
the woman that he was supposed to marry, the living bride, goes to her and consoles her and says, like, I will live for both of us. I will have children for both of us. Your dreams will not dissipate, for I will carry them out. And then the corpse bride is like, sounds good, and then goes to the riverside and buries herself. The, the eternal sleep. Whoa. That was a straight-up uh, earthquake, That was an it? earthquake. That was not a truck. <laughs> wow, rumble in the jungle. I'm more than concerned about that bookcase I put up. Uh-huh. That's, that's not affixed to anything but lots of books, Ooh. which I was hoping would hold it in place. Is that our first earthquake together? Yeah. Yeah. They always rattle me, literally and figuratively. Rams plagued by fumbles as earthquakes rock Los Angeles. Film at 11. Anyway. So, yeah. So the, uh, the the corpse bride is like, sounds good to me. Yeah. And, and buries herself. For eternal sleep. By the riverside. It's a beautiful day. It's a rather nice day. A day for a glorious wedding. A rehearsal, my dear, to be perfectly clear. A rehearsal for a glorious wedding. That was a story that Tim Burton read and said, hey, let's make this our next stop motion project. And Corpse Bride is charming, and I like it. And I probably liked it more the second time I saw it because I knew like what I was in for. Yeah. And as a movie, its biggest crime is just that it's not Nightmare Before Christmas. You know? You said you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was his first stop motion since Nightmare Before Christmas, and which was an instant like legend for all time. That yeah. Film. It was very well received, and it was. Charming and had stuff for kids to, to grab kids onto. Kids of all ages. It's a terrible day. No, don't be that way. It's a terrible day for the wedding. It's a sad, sad state of affairs we're in. That has led to this ominous wedding. On purpose, they wanted like the, the world above to be like dreary and suppressed. Mm-hmm. And then the underworld, which I'm now thinking was sort of like a limbo, because at the end, she just turns into butterflies and ascends. Yeah. So I'm like, oh. Plus, I don't think all the concepts were completely thought out in this movie. Uh-huh. So maybe when, you, when you're when you done all your earthly business, you head on up to the heavens, possibly via turning into a group of butterflies. Mm-hmm. And that her time in the underworld and all of their time in the underworld isn't a permanent state. It's just where they are for now. Yeah. Mm. Makes sense to me. The, and, the, you know, the group in the underworld is just kind of this, like, really weird amalgam of, I don't know, it, none of it seemed really cohesive, and I guess it, it's not supposed to be, because they're all supposed to be a bunch of different kind of, it's a ragtag group of... Yeah, and, but, and they're all uh, rather uninhibited. Uh-huh. Death has left them uninhibited to sing and dance and drink and... I love all the skeletons. Frolic. Yeah. yeah. Whereas up in the above world, it's all very... Buttoned up. Buttoned up. And I don't know if uh, part of the uh, Corpse Bride's you know wedding dress had decayed, and that's why it's uh, so revealing. Sexy. I think that's what it's supposed to be. But it also represents... Let's just say everything that was supposed to cover her bosoms was lace. Decayed first. That, yep. Compared to the Victoria character, where her wedding dress goes all the way up her neck and then a little bit. Hmm? So, yeah, for kids to really grab onto it, it's like, again, in Nightmare Before Christmas, you had the world of Halloween. And then when you went to another world, well, that was the world of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And even when they went to the real world, 
at least that was the real world at Christmas. Mm -hmm. So there was never any just like dreary chopping. People talking about like family, families joining and businesses saving and you know like just adult stuff. Yeah, which is what's happening in Corpse Bride. So better enjoyed by adults, I'd say. Probably. And it's been around for long enough. Probably kids who weren't crazy about it back when it came out are old enough now that if they want to revisit it, Mm -hmm. they'd get a good kick out of it. Sure. Trudy, will you marry me? Oh, no. This is so sad. Oh, Trudy. Say you're going to marry me. Say yes. Say yes. Yes. Mary. Mary, I've got a job. Oh, Johnny. So have you. What is it? Cooking my breakfast. She was found spattered with blood, wearing a wedding gown. Next to the body of her husband. She killed her husband on a wedding night. Why? It's because he tried to make her do unspeakable things. And you also watched most of the Spanish film from 1973, The Blood Spattered Bride. Yes. And the only reason I didn't finish it is because horror of horrors, just planning my own wedding. How far did you get, like plot wise? What was going on? There was stuff about paintings in the basement and the women in the family who'd come before and. So did you find the woman on the beach? Yes. Yes. So weird. What a weird image and a weird thing to happen. I was like, what movie am I watching? Had they even mentioned vampires yet? No, but I have read that it was a vampire movie. So that, yeah. I'm not very surprised to hear you say that. Did you get to the the dream where um, she stabs her husband? Yes. Brutal. And then... Where she's, like, holding her hands and, like, making her stab him. Yeah, and then, like, stabs off his junk. Yeah. And then you're just kind of, like, you don't see it, but you're like, well, something's in their hands, and they're just squeezing and just blood's pouring. Yeah. The shock advertising that you and I discussed surrounding this movie in our... Back in episode three? Yes. Makes a lot of sense now, seeing this movie, because while I think a a lot of it is very, like, melodramatic and kind of stylized and ambient, and, like, for that reason i think really fun it takes a lot of time but that place that it goes i was like oh geez you know no wonder they were saying like you won't believe the depraved things that happen in the blood spattered bride yeah because there are some you know (laughs) and and while well i mean that whole trailer doesn't give you a clue about anything no no oh yeah it was a scary movie Ah! i mean he flipped out just when the girl took the axe and started to chop off the guy's goyons no Harry, it was when the guy took the razor and cut off the girl's bazongi. Now, by the end, I'm not completely convinced she was a vampire. Okay. What? You her, mean the blonde lady? The blonde lady. Uh-huh. Part because it turns out, remember the, the groundskeeper's daughter? Uh-huh. It's her teacher. Oh. And so I'm just like, well, why do vampires need a job? Didn't they say her teacher had just died? So was this her, like, replacement? I guess her replacement teacher. Okay, that makes teacher. sense. Uh-huh. So if you follow the idea that she was like a mortal woman just out to mess with this family and dominate the bride, uh-huh. then it's like, okay. Or it's this dead ancestor who's come back as a vampire to mess with the lineage of this family. You can also go, okay, uh-huh. you're given enough evidence, I feel, to support both. So at the end, it's really up to you. And you can say it's one or it's the other or it's either. Yeah. And... You'll just sort of never know. I'll never know. The world may never know. And then at the end of the day, I guess it's not really important because what she wanted to do got fulfilled (laughs) until what the husband wanted to do 
Uh, spoiler alert. Go for it. It winds up with the two gals uh, naked in a coffin. Wait, that's the part I missed? Damn it. Is sleeping their sleep during the day. Now, are they sleeping the sleep of vampires? Or are they They're just, just enjoying a sexy naked cat nap? Yeah, like a couple of psychos. <laughs> they go on a tear. Yeah. Together. <sighs> he takes a hunting rifle. He, like, looks at him, closes a lid, and then fires a thing up. And blood just kind of drips out of it. And, like, yeah, that would kill a vampire, I suppose. Or that would kill... Human women? Your human wife and her oddball lover. Yeah. Yeah. And then the groundskeeper daughter shows up, and it turns out she was in cahoots with them because she's got these, like, special rings that signifies that. And she's like... Oh, yeah. I saw the stuff about the rings. Okay. Yeah. Then the, the little girl's got the rings, too. They're, like, the 12-year-old. And she's just like, they'll come back. They cannot die. And he freaking takes out the little girl. He's like, ba-boom! Damn. And then he opens up the coffin, takes a knife, takes one of their boobs. Not the first boob you see in this movie, by the way. As no. You, as you know. I do know that. It's pretty heavy. On, yeah. On lots nudity. of nudity, you guys, if you're interested in that kind of thing. And then he, like, takes his hunting knife. And it looks like he's just going to, like, straight up <gasps> cut off her boob. No. And then it freezes. And you're like... <gasps> and then it just shows a newspaper article, and it says, like, man cuts out three women's hearts. Jeez. <sighs> wow. And it's not like man kills three vampires, right? Right. So... Make your own decision. Uh, we've been it. talking about all this out of context. We have. It's always best to start at the beginning. Young lady marries a man, an older man. In Spain, he's well-to-do. The first third is, like, her and her sexual issues. And then just, like, it starts getting a little creepier. Like, wow, there are no portraits of women in this house. And then, like, well, there's the legend of the blood-spattered bride. And you're like, oh, I thought she was a blood-spattered bride. I guess not. Let's go to the basement. Let's go to the and basement. And look at these paintings. And then she starts having these dreams. And she sees this woman who might be following her. And, and then let's end in the middle, which is when the groom, he keeps hiding this, like, dagger from her. Yes. So he's like, I'll go hide it on the beach. And then while he's on the beach, he just sees his hand sticking out of the sand. And then this tube. What the hell is this? Some kind of tube? And so he starts digging the sand, and it's this naked woman. With a scuba mask with a scuba on. mask. Who's like. So she can breathe so she out can of the breathe. sand. Very weird. Yeah. I felt bad for that actress, too, because, like, quite obviously they'd buried her ass in the sand. Yeah. With a scuba mask for air. And we're just like, breathe through this. Yeah. So it's like, was it a vampire? Is that how she spends her days? Was it really a woman who was out snorkeling and then just got like washed ashore and buried in the sand all but the tube? And like there's where he if found If that her? were the case, I feel like she would have acted a lot more like panicked and happy to be rescued versus she was acting like, yeah, it's pretty normal for you to dig me out of the sand naked. Yeah. And wearing a scuba mask so and I'll nothing tell you what, else. Not all of the movie is horror. First of all, if you know Spanish politics of the day, apparently it's got a lot of comments about fascism. That's what I was reading. Tying it in with Sorry. machismo sex. Mm-hmm. And, and Definitely. And how, how it affects. A critique on, yes. You know, the other person in the relationship. Yep. And then she's got her own issues. And then it's a vampire story, but they really take their time on making it a vampire story. Yeah. And like I was saying, by the end, it's like, well, were these people or were these vampires? And... Doesn't really matter. No, and I think if you really, don't know anything about the political context, the it's still end. kind of a fun, slow burn of a ride, but a ride nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. So if you were watching, which is it, Kill Bill One? Well, I think there's just like a title card that says "The Blood Spattered Bride." Yeah. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll check that out someday. If only I knew 
more to all of the ending. <laughs> if two people would just sort of come up and uh, give me the broad strokes and the ending. You're welcome. You're very welcome. So if you've ever you had that very specific mind. wish. Yeah. Yeah. And it's available on iTunes. It is. All right. And I think worth the rental. So, looks like date night's all carved out for you. <laughs> Pun intended, Marshall? Not really. I just thought it'd be a weird thing to watch with your significant other. Oh, the carved part. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the carved part. You're not too smart, are you? <laughs> I like that in a man. Th- those were like the two that you watched? Yeah, and I mean, I do want to give an honorable mention to, I won't go into it in detail, mostly because I think if you haven't seen it, don't know anything about it, you need to go watch Honeymoon, sight unseen, like don't look up anything about it. It's on Netflix streaming right now. Not about a wedding, but it's about a couple and a honeymoon, and I think it speaks for itself. I think it's really worth watching, especially if you know nothing about it. All right, Honeymoon came out what year? I believe I went to see it in theaters last October, so it's it's fairly new. Okay. But, uh, Honeymoon, sight yeah. unseen. Yeah. Cat likes it. Just go watch it. Extra! Extra! Somebody's getting married! Somebody's getting married? Hey, somebody's getting married! Whoa! Somebody's getting married! Somebody's getting married! When you brought up this topic, there wasn't a ton of weddings in horror movies. And weirdly, everyone just first out of the gate goes, Beetlejuice? Sure. And you're like... Yeah, yeah, Beetlejuice. You'd think it'd be more common to have a wedding involved just because no one, at least they're wanting to, no one looks more perfect than they do on their wedding day. And it's such an image of like of a bride in like a beautiful white gown and beautifully made up. You'd think people would want to ruin it more often because, you know, isn't that what horror is about? Is It's about upending in many ways. It's our biggest fears. And what's worse than having tragedy strike on the happiest day of your life? You know, defiling the most pure thing, right? Yeah. Especially if you assume that the bride is like virginal, which they're supposed to be. But, you know, not anymore. We dressmakers have a very strict code, so I need to know, do you deserve to wear virginal white? Because if you don't, you'll have to wear an off-white, what we call a hussy white. Going back in horror history, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. The original Frankenstein, when he stops messing with the monster, and he thinks like the monster's been killed, and he's like, well, time to return to normal life. Normal life is the wedding. Mm. And it's on his wedding day, I don't know if you recall. I know Bride of Frankenstein's where your, your mind would go first when it comes to Frankenstein and weddings. Yeah. And they've got that great shot where it kind of looks like she's wearing the wedding dress. Mm-hmm. And like I think you can even hear like church bells in the soundtrack. But Frankenstein, the first one, is full of wedding stuff. There's like the whole scene where like Frankenstein's father, Papa Frankenstein, <laughs> is like, this orange blossom was worn by me on my wedding and my father before him and and this laurel 30 years ago i put it on your mother and now you can have it yeah and they're toasting to frankenstein she's in her wedding dress and then frankenstein's monster comes in and she's like in her wedding dress running from the monster and i think like just wearing that they, they never get to the wedding they actually never get to the wedding through the whole movie the monster interrupts things and at the end when everything's like set right again they start toasting champagne again to the house of frankenstein yeah Everything's good. We can get married. Because when you get married, everything's good. Yeah. You can read into it of, you know, him chasing her around and her wearing white. And then when everyone manages to like burst down the door, she's laid over her fainting couch having fainted. <laughs> but yeah, she wasn't just running around wearing sensible shoes, being chased by monsters. She was sure. being chased in a wedding dress. Beautiful. 
And in the original White Zombie, in broad strokes, there's like this young couple who arrive in Haiti and they're going to be married. But on the ship over, she met this rich guy and he fell for her. And he's like, well, why don't you get married at my place? And all he's doing is trying to buy himself like an hour or two. <laughs> uh, to woo her? To woo her. Mm. And since that doesn't work, uh, then voodoo must be employed. Yes. And she becomes the white zombie. So th- there's plenty of like wedding stuff in that. And like she's being led you know, to the altar and he's still trying to get in. He's like, just say the word and we'll be together forever. And she's like, you're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to marry this guy. Just a little something from the studio to the audiences. There's like drums being played outside. Like, and she's like, what's that? And the servant's like, it's to keep away the evil spirits. And she goes, oh, okay. But that whole scene, not terribly necessary, was so we could see her in a combo underwear veil and train. Nice. And like, like 1931, whatever was just like, mmm, sexy underwear. Yeah. Hey, she was just getting ready. It's not her fault that's when the drums started. And then at the end of the scene, like, one of the servants come out with her wedding dress, like, in her hands. And she's like, oh, how pretty. But in the meantime, you get to see her in this, what I'm guessing in 31 was like a ooh-la-la. And very, like, way to play with conventions that she's got on, like, this white underwear set. Right. But. The veil. But, the like, the, the veil and the train. Sure. It's just a, an interesting image. Uh, a provocative image. Uh-huh. And then from there, it's mostly about zombies. I watched just one scene, but it was a scene I remembered, and it was on YouTube. The, in quotes, wedding scene from Natural Born Killers. I've still never seen that movie. Well. Yeah. That's not the reaction I was hoping for. Yeah. Somehow. I mean, it's always been on my list. In it, it's a couple, you know, on on a murder spree. It's Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis, right? Juliette Lewis. And it jumps around in time, but I'm pretty sure it's... Not long after he had, like, killed her family and, like, taken her away, sort mm-hmm. of Badlands style. And they're on a bridge throwing her childhood things off the bridge from her troubled childhood. And he's like, will you marry me? And she's like, where? And he's like, right here before this mountain and the trees and the all this. And she goes and gets, like, a veil out of the car, something that would sort of double as that. And he just, like, makes up their vows as himself as a groom, but he's also sort of, like, as the preacher... And, like, a car full of guys goes by, like, screaming, and they're both mad. But he's like, I ain't going to kill anybody on my wedding day. (laughs) And there's one line where he says, by the power invested of me as the god of our world. You know, he declares the man and wife. And that is very telling as to, like, where this guy's head is at. Right. As the god of their world. You know, as far as he's concerned, they're man and wife. And as far as he's concerned, no other lives matter. Right, he is God. Yeah, and, and he, there he, they go. He giveth that. and he taketh away. Sure. Wait, 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 Tom, cut, 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 cut. When I brought up that I was having trouble thinking of things to cover, Sumo Dan just goes, so I married an axe murderer? Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. I was like, how did I get like four weeks into this and, and didn't think of perfect. that? perfect. I am lonely. It's really hard. This poem sucks. So I watched it. 
It is so 90s. It's wonderful. You've seen it before, yes? Oh, I watched it a lot, a lot. I used to watch it a lot. It's probably been five years, but I've seen it at least it's been like 15 20 years. times. Yeah. I got it on pay-per-view. Love that movie. And then like taped it. And I was like, now I can watch it always. Yeah. And I did. I love that opening scene with the giant cup of coffee at the cafe. Oh, God. I that movie is great. Ocino. Top to bottom, that movie is really excellent. Thinking about it, there's a lot of comedies, especially back in the day, where they would sort of run out of steam from their original concept and then introduce some element of danger. <laughs> like someone would get kidnapped last minute. If you remember Three Men and a Baby, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's three men and they don't know how to take care of a baby because they're like these bachelors. And then, yeah, but then the ending is all about like a drug deal in a construction site. Yeah. Right? Didn't this movie take a turn? Sure. Before getting back on course. Whereas So I Married an Axe Murder starts right off the top with I Married an Axe Murder. Mrs. X, the honeymoon murderer. She marries men under fake identities and then she murders them. And, you know, you get a lot of fun stuff with heat, pants, mm-hmm. and just sort of observational humor and, like, sort of subtle moments and over-the-top moments. But when it does come to the actual being chased around with an axe during a, a, a thunderstorm. Yeah, on a, like a roof. On and, a roof. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's not just hacked on. Yeah. And it, it's not just, like, some kind of shoehorned It's in all been leading to weird this. Weird left turn. It yeah. has all been leading to it. It's with a like great movie. Just enough suspense. And it plays the suspenseful moments, you know, like... Oh, there was a, a victim named Ralph, and she says Ralph in her sleep. I really love, Weird. there's a moment where he's kind of waffling, like, do I trust her, do I not? Like, I love this woman, she's beautiful. But then she's saying something to him, they're in bed, and she's like, you know, you really trust the people you're in bed with. You could, I could strangle you right now. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Like, you know. I could stick something in your ear. Like, ah, ah, yeah. ah. He's trying to laugh, but it's really creeping him out. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I tend to. Go with the Judeo-Christian, thou shalt not kill. Right, right. You're kind of along this ride with him on this movie where you're just not sure. Is she a crazy, sick, lunatic killer or is she not? And it's like he's got his paranoia because of a fear of commitment. They never say why. He just is. Yeah. And we're going into it. Know that we sat down to watch a movie called So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. So there's our belief that she might be an axe murderer. Right. And the axe murderer is totally believable when it happens just because of the great acting of one Amanda Plummer. She's excellent. Uh, a couple years before she would be in Pulp Fiction as like, as was she pumpkin or honey bunny? Honey bunny. As honey bunny to just like flip that switch from just like nice person to psycho. And you're not supposed to be in the room when this note has been written and placed on the desk. Do you understand me? Yeah, I knew her in So I Married an Axe Murderer, obviously, before I saw Pulp Fiction. Like I'd seen that movie a bunch of yeah. times. So to me, that's, I was like, oh, that, that Yeah, when, when she hops up on the table and goes crazy, you're like, well, I've seen this before. <laughs> yeah. In all my times as a cop, I've never, I've never, like, chased a guy across a crowded city square. I've never, I've never hung on to that part of the helicopter. You know that part underneath the thing where it lands? Do you? Do you know that yes, part? Yes, I know that part. I've never hung on to that. Just great, and just a great cast got brought in for, like, small bits. Alan Arkin as the, the sensitive police chief. Yeah. Who, who tries. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, God, I need to rewatch that movie. Yeah. I also really love when he's play. he's a butcher, you know, and he's, he's pretty, Mom, I think I need to go to the nurse's office. Like, it, he's got this viscera. Yeah. This fake, this meat coming out of his sleeve. Mike Myers in his heyday, top of his game. So good. Look at the size of that boy's head. Shh. 
I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Shh, you got to give the boy a complex. Well, that's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. Shh. Has its own weather system. It probably won't be on his obituary if Mike Myers dies. It'll all be like, Spy Who Shagged Me, SNL, Wayne's World. Yeah. But there's a real diamond in that nest It's egg. a gem. Yeah, just yeah. just got to find it. Just got to press play yeah. and watch it. Watch So I Married an Axe Murderer. Well, that was offside, wasn't it? <laughs> He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. <laughs> and then I, I sent you a link to this last night. I knew there was no I way you'd get not to watch get it. To, I didn't even get to click on it. What was it? I married a monster from outer space. Oh, wow. A beautiful, innocent girl on her honeymoon. Her passionate dreams of perfect romance turned into a living nightmare. There's a lot of B-movies with this kind of title. Mm -hmm. This one really holds up. And like to the point that usually with B-sci-fi movies, I'll watch it by myself. My only friends in watching these movies with tend to be just the gang from Mystery Science Theater. Right. You know, I never want to subject my enjoyment in the old B-schlock. Yeah. On other people. But this movie I've actually taken like over to a girl's place and been like... Is it that fun? It is. And, and effective. And like the spooky parts are spooky. Mm -hmm. It's not quite as good as Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh God, I love that movie. But it's almost like Invasion of the Mad Men Body Snatchers. Fun! Because just the men are being replaced. And one of them is replaced like between his bachelor party, he's driving home alone... And then, like, he gets stopped on the road, and then, like, oh, alien. Yeah. And then he shows up late to his wedding, and he's acting kind of weird, but they still go through with it. And, like, he's just doing things a little funny. And then it's like, one year later, she's been trying to have kids, but she can't have kids, but it's been a whole year. So she's been doing it with the alien. Uh huh. And that's part of their overall plan. They came, like, from another galaxy, and all of their women had died off, and they're looking to propagate their species through, yeah. through our women. Was it true? Could space monsters mate with Earth women? So they're just like taking over the men and they're going from just like, ah, women, who needs them? To, he finally proposed. <laughs> and one of the signs, one of the, the ways you're suspicious of them is they don't drink alcohol. What? Like, it's such a drinking, smoking, madman time. Right. That when one of them stops drinking... What? <laughs> That's like disturbing behavior, you know, when like the main kind of like druggy stoner kid joins the blue ribbons and like is all clean cut and his hair is all nice. And you're just like, no, no, no. Yeah. He's not using swear words anymore. Oh, he still smokes. Ah. Yeah. Just no alcohol. No alcohol. What? And these aliens, they're not messing around. There's a couple of just like straight up executions of, of someone who like, hey, what are you? Hey, I toast yeah and when they die they basically like melt into like jello gross kind of just like like coming out of their sleeves they're just like oh no i'm deconstituting <laughs> for this sweetheart she married the man she had loved was merely the hollow shell for the invaders from outer space but yeah it holds up in a lot of really great ways and i just originally watched it for funsies because i was familiar with the poster which is just like a woman in a wedding dress screaming and it's like, oh, I married a monster from outer space. And yeah. The title really wouldn't lead you to believe that it was any better than any of the other B schlock of the day. But in this one man's humble opinion, it is. Yeah. That's and great. If you're hankering for some of that, but you really don't know, you know, you can really take a wrong turn and just watch something that's just kind of boring and dry and 
desperate need of two puppets and a human. Right. To make fun of it, just to make it bearable. Mm -hmm. This one, on its own, is uh, good and interesting. And it's a woman trapped in a marriage. She gets trapped in a marriage to this alien. And at first it's just... truly horrifying. She's trapped by just the conventions of society. Mm -hmm. Because he is her husband now, after all. Right. And then she gets trapped... Because they've taken over the town. Yeah. She tries, to, she tries to make a phone call out. It's like, all circuits to Washington are busy. She tries to send a telegram. She tries to get out of town. And it's like the Truman Show. Oh, like, no. sorry, bridge is washed out. It's like, but there hasn't been any rain for days. Sorry, bridge is washed oh, out. Oh, God. Right? Like, don't ask questions. Then, Turn she, around. She's got nowhere to go but back to her husband. Who, meanwhile, although he's got a plan, he's got his alien plan to go through with. He's also like... It wasn't till I came to this planet did I realize about love. Mm-hmm. Could she touch the body of this masquerading alien who wanted to learn the secrets of human love? He never really gets to finish learning about love because they rise up and they're just like, get out of here, you aliens. Spoiler alert. Yeah, there's no, like, him just heading off to go be by himself and learn about love. Yeah. Um, he turns to Jello. It's too bad. Yeah. Sister, what have you done? Hey, little sister, who's the only one? Hey, little sister, who's your Superman? Hey, little sister, who's the one you want? Hey, little sister, shotgun. It's a nice day to start again it's a nice day for a white wedding it's a nice day to start again all right cat this is gonna drop sometime on the 13th sure. i know i'm gonna have to get it out because at what time do i have to be there I would plan on being downtown around noon. So I got to get this episode out yeah, by noon. Yeah, sure. Changed into a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Drive downtown. You'll be moving some, helping move some stuff around before you put on your tux. Okay. It's not anything intensive, just uh, just some hauling. So, folks, you if you're hearing change. this, by around what time on the 13th will you be wed? 5.30. 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, West Coast time. Yeah. The feminine voice on this podcast... We'll be matronly. We'll be... <laughs> Suddenly. I'm going to come on the podcast next month and I'm going to be like, Marshall, Marshall, how dare you use such language in front of me of a married woman, don't you know? And you'll be like, what is happening? You'll have been given away to another family. Oh, God. By no, I am a feminist, damn it. In, in, in a wedding unconventional enough in that you have all bridesmen. I do. Man-maids. Man-maids. Men of honor. Men of honor. Whatever you want to say. I've been saying bridesmen. I like bridesmen. As I tell people that I'm going to be a bridesman Mm -hmm. in Kat's wedding. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the only one. You're going to have uh, two guys on your side, Mm -hmm. two guys on Alex's side. Yeah. And we're being married by Alex's sister. She's officiated several weddings. (laughs) Or maybe not several, but a few. Okay. At least one. So she's old hat. This is my first time being a bridesman. Yeah. Should be fun for you. So, like, I'll see you up there. Yeah, you will. Okay. You'll see me before. You'll see me before. The night before, at least. Rehearsal dinner. Yes. Yes. That is also a requirement. Start again. Go on. It's a nice day for a white wedding.
going to be a heck of a week for both of us. Really more you. I've <laughs> yeah. got a lot of editing to do. Yeah. And uh, get this podcast out. And I'll be like, and send. I'm late to the wedding. <laughs> yes, priorities. Probably when I leave your rehearsal dinner, it'll be to like re- finish up with this episode. Nice. Get it out into the airwaves. We're a good listener. You're hearing it. And uh, by the time you hear it, this one here will have another ring on her finger. Hope you've had a good My Wedding Day. It, which is also, incidentally, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Yeah. I guess look for photos on the Boys and Ghouls page. Sure. I'm not sure how fast they'll go up. Probably won't be your first priority. Nope. <laughs> I'll be at Disneyland. Disneyland. Just a couple days. We don't. We can't go away. So. Still. Yeah, we're staying at Disneyland. Good. We're excited about that. It's, it's nice to live in a tourist destination. It saves you a little shoe leather getting to the really sure. cool stuff. Yeah. Okay. And in the meantime, folks, I hope this handful of wedding movies as brought to you by um the soon to be married cat and uh consummate bachelor marshall mm. corpse bride check it out give it another look I, I think most of you probably did when it was new and then just kind of let it sit for a while mm-hmm. you can watch the blood spattered bride in its entirety cat will be checking out the rest of it at some point yes hopefully it won't scare her off of marriage <laughs> too late and uh if you're in the mood for a b-movie from the golden age of B-movies. Totally. Check out I Married a Monster from Outer Space. And if even that's too heavy for you and you want to uh, revisit the 90s, maybe do a double feature with singles, you can't go wrong with the fun that is So I Married an Axe Murderer. Indeed. All right. So, folks, if you want to uh, keep in touch with us, there's a few ways you can do it. Send us a message, boysandghouls at gmail. Send us a tweet or follow our tweets. Boys and Ghouls at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Look to Pinterest, Tumblr, or our Facebook page for pictures from Cat's Wedding. And you can see that dress that's such a big secret. <laughs> and you can see what really goes on at a Friday the 13th wedding with an, I think I'm correct here, an autumnal theme? Uh, kind of. Sort of. Sure. Okay. An autumnal theme. Yeah. All right. Cat, a warning. Beware the moon. Beware. Beware.